God bless you. Appreciate your time. Thank you very kindly. It's indeed a privilege to be here in this marvelous Andrews Temple this afternoon in the celebration of this Azusa Street uh, outpouring of the Holy Spirit. To see so many people gathered out, still contending for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. And we're trusting that through this great time of this week coming, where many anointed speakers will be speaking, that God will do the exceeding abundantly for us, that his, his presence will be with us at every meeting, and trusting that from this gathering will go forth an old-fashioned Pentecostal meeting that will sweep the world before the coming of our Lord Jesus. And now I know it's warm, and we'll go right straight to the Word, reading out of the book of St. Luke, the fourth chapter, and beginning with the fourteenth verse, I read this. Then he came to Nazareth, where he was brought up. And as he custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor and has sent me to heal the brokenhearted and to proclaim deliverance to them that are in captive. Now may the Lord add his blessings to the reading of his word. What a privilege it is to be in Los Angeles today, knowing that many years ago as the Spanish sailed up and down this west coast, found this great spot here that this little do they know that this great city would be here some, someday. And then to be here in the Angelus Temple today, which is an outstanding memorial to the full gospel age, and in the celebration of the great outpouring of the Holy Spirit at Azusa Street 50 years ago. I was looking in the paper and seeing the picture of the, the old Azusa Street mission. And to just below it was a picture of this beautiful Angeles Temple, which is uh, quite a long ways that the church has come from that day to this from the old mission to this place. And I think the association has selected a wonderful place to hold this rally because this temple stands today as a memorial to a little mother who felt that down in her heart that Jesus Christ still lived in reigns. Mrs. McPherson. She sleeps up in Forest Lawn today, her body, but her gallant soul is at rest with God. And parting leave behind her footprints on the sands of time. To be in the temple here with Brother McPherson, her son, and Brother Tiford, and many of the other staff and the workers, and to see the members of this great fellowship gathering from all parts of the country to come in for this great rally. 
I'm grateful to have the opportunity to speak to you just in these two nights or two times of service. And we all want to unite our hearts together in prayer to believe and to trust God for another great outpouring. God is just the same. He doesn't fail. And it's not a, exactly a, a jubilee of Azusa Street. There was, when Jesus preached the acceptable year, the jubilee was brought down at Pentecost and has been ever since. And we're just continuing on the great jubilee that started some 1900 years ago, Pentecost. I'm so happy today to have received the baptism of the Holy Ghost and to be a fellow worshiper of like precious faith as you all stand for today. Be like one out of season, because there is many here who is preaching the gospel before I was born. Knowing that it was in 1906, I believe, when this great outpouring came to California, that was years before I was born. People are sitting here today who remembers that. Many of them worshipped at that time. Heroes of the faith, aging up, hairs turning gray. But I tell you, my brethren, there's a great reward laying at the other side when we pass over Sunday. But seeing what it's cost down through the years, how I've talked to people, how they laid out, wet at night, walked on railroad tracks, picked up corn, broke it for their children, lived hard to see this great church prosper and come on. Some glorious day I hope to meet in another great jubilee when all the redeemed of the ages stand on the brim of this earth, sing the story of redemption when angels are gathered around the earth with bowed heads not even knowing what we're talking about. They never needed redemption, but we poor lost sinners was redeemed by His grace, and we know what it means to sing the redemptive story in the song. What a great time that'll be when we crown Him the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And today, my scripture reading comes from Christ, where He entered the temple and said that He was to preach the acceptable year, and the anointing of the Lord was upon Him. He read the book and sat down. It said, precious words proceeded from his lips. Back in the Old Testament, there was a, a year called the year of Jubilee. It was the year that all of the captives could be set free. Every man that had been in captivity could go free. It has a great meaning to this day of what that stood for as a type. Now, today... As many hundred years has passed, but the same God that sent the Jubilees in them days is the same God who sends Jubilee today. All the people that have been captured and was in captivity, there come an acceptable year. And when the trumpet sounded, the, all the ones that were in captivity didn't have to pay any price. They could absolutely go free. They could drop their hole if they were hoeing or whatever they were instrument they were working with and could go and be free. That was by choice. If they did not want to be free, then they would be called into the temple and their, their master would take an awe and bore the ear which would mark them to serve this master forever. 
And how typical that is of today, and how typical it was of 50 years ago when the Holy Spirit first fell in that barn down here, I'm taught that it was a cow barn. When Jesus first come to earth in the form of flesh, God, he was born in a manger, and when he come to Los Angeles, he still come to a barn. That's the humility of God bringing himself down in order to redeem us from sin. Then this person that was did not want to go free could, had to be sealed, a beautiful type today of the sealing of God or the marking of the beast, which has been so much disputed what it was. Now faith cometh by hearing, hearing of the word of God. And when we hear that we are free and refuse to act upon our freedom, then we will be sealed. To my opinion, to be sealed away from God is to receive the mark of the beast. For to hear is to receive. And when we hear that we are free, then we can accept it and be free. Now, when the hearer heard the jubilee sound, and if he didn't want to be free, then he had to be sealed. And it is today that when men and women hear this marvelous gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and of the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you're at a place where you have to make a choice. You can never hear it and be the same. If you accept it, you receive Christ. If you refuse it, you're sealed away from Christ. And it makes a difference of your attitude towards the hearing of the Word. And I was speaking this morning in a wonderful place here in the city, a tabernacle, and was speaking up on that very subject, that God wants His church to be free. Many things have happened during these 50 years. Many people, believers, have been caught and taken captive by the world. Many people, denomination barriers, sometimes it's separated fellowship and drawed barriers. I was thinking here not long ago, someone asked me, said, Brother Branham, what church do you belong to? I said, there's really only one church. The church means the called out. I said, but I mean, what denomination do you belong to? I said, none at the time, and yet all of them. Brother Sakarian made a statement the other morning that has stuck with me. He said, Pentecost is not a denomination. It's not an organization. It is an experience with God that men and women receive. God, Methodists, Baptists, Presbyterians, and all can receive this experience when they hear the word and decide to act upon it. The Holy Ghost has been in the earth for nearly 2,000 years, and whosoever will may come and be partakers of it. And everyone that's captured can be free when they hear the word. Now, if you refuse to, then it's shut up. Here some time ago, I used to ride up here in Colorado quite a bit on a cattle ranch. And we grazed cattle up on the Repitol Forest. And every man that could, had a ranch in the valley that could raise a ton of hay 
could put a cow on the pasture for the summer. The rangers stood and counted the cattle as they passed through. Many times did I, with the little herds of cattle, go up there to put our cattle on the forest for the year. And I noticed them as they come through, they had different brands, like they were, well, the, the Lazy K, the Diamond T, many different brands. As they passed through the gate, they were wearing different brands, but nothing went through that gate but a registered Hereford. I think that's what it'll be at the end of the road. God won't notice just what brand we got, but every man passes through born again of the Spirit of God. And no matter what brand you're wearing, just as long as you're a genuine wine believer, spirit-born saint of God, you'll go through the gates at that day as sure as the world. What a beautiful picture. Then to notice the cattleman's place out in there sometimes after they was all in the great forest to be grazing. Then they would take and have drift fences. Some were chosen to go in certain valleys to graze. And they would put drift fences so that they could not get out of this certain place. But then at the end of the season, these drift fences was all taken down. And all the cattle got together to celebrate a great big jubilee. They were all Hereford, so they all had a right to celebrate a jubilee. And I pray God that in this coming week that all the drift fences of the denominations will be torn down and all the born-again children of God will be brought together in one great big Holy Ghost rally jubilee. Where they all get together again down along to the ages down through the past 50 years. Many things have happened in the churches. Many people have fallen away. We're sorry to say this, but today in this great, fabulous temple, beautiful as it is, and we thank God for it, but I'm sure today that every believer along with Brother McPherson and all the rest of you would forfeit everything we got and lay it on the altar of God for an old-fashioned pouring out of the Holy Ghost again like it was in the beginning. What we need is that today, my Christian friends, a jubilee time. Now, the devil has taken many believers captive during this time. For instance, coldness and worldliness has slipped into the church. Now, we could take another subject, but I think myself as one of you together, the thing we're here for today is in celebration of the old passion, Holy Ghost revivals that we used to have that are here. Our fathers talk about how the angels came down and sang in the meetings and the power of God taken over and saints were born again and great things happened. And it come from old-fashioned backwoods, sky-blue, sin-killing preaching and the old sassafras type maybe man that didn't know their ABCs, but they know Christ and had the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That's what we hunger for today is an old-fashioned baptism of the Holy Ghost and a pouring out of God's blessing back to the old line again. Many times that we let the world slip in. That's what's the matter with our churches today. We kind of let down a little bit here and there. The devil has come in from one place to the other, taken a little bit, slip in here, just a little bit, place here and a little place here, and the first thing you know is got the whole thing in a confusion. 
But what I pray to God that during the time of this old-fashioned rally that we're having here, that man will forget all their traditions, all the things that has hindered and lay aside every weight and come back to an old-fashioned meeting where people will be born again. I pray that God will give us hundreds of spirit-filled people at the altar there praying through to God over sinners and things that comes in doing this meeting. Oh, what a difference. Now, people, I love you all. Uh, you embrace me as your brother when I was one born out of season. But I'm responsible. Now, I believe that we're entering the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe that we're at the end time. You know, Jesus preached the acceptable year. Then after his preaching comes the jubilee. We've had a great outpouring here in these last days. God has met with us with old-fashioned meetings across the country, and I believe we're now just at the end of that. I believe we're at the end of the road, waiting for the coming of the Lord Jesus. I think what the next thing we're waiting for is a bringing together of all God's people that's been strayed away and different things that's taken us captivity. For instance, some of our morals of our church, years ago when Mrs. McPherson stood at this pulpit, and others up and down in this one-eyed colored man down here in Azusa Street. They preached the old-fashioned gospel, and men and women lived like godly people. And great things taking place, and today we let down the bars. For instance, not the hammer, I don't believe in that, but brother, I believe that we're here today, and the Holy Spirit is among these 5,000 better people sitting here, and we at one this one gathering here, if we'd only let God have his way in every heart, it would start a revival that the papers would pack it from sea to sea and from coast to coast. Back to the old Ewing line. The devil took many of us captive. Years ago, it was a sin for you women to cut your hair. But today, Pentecostal women look just like the women of the streets. You can't tell the difference. That's right. It was, used to be it was a sin back in the old days for women to wear makeup. And today you can't tell the sinner from the saint. What's the matter? Back to the old healing line again. Back to real Pentecost. Back to the old Azusa experience. Back to... Yes, and then some of you preachers that let down the bars and some of you men. Why, you know I'm ashamed of you. Any man would call himself a born-again child of God would let his wife act and do the way that Pentecostal people let their women act today, it shows there's very, not very much man about you. That's exactly the truth. What we need today, brother, is a calling back to the old-fashioned baptism of the Holy Ghost and people right back again. Amen. That's the truth, brother. It may scorch a little bit, but I'd rather be scorched here than burned. If the devil has stuck you captive, it's jubilee time. It's time to come back to the old experience again, back to the old fashioned Bible, back to the place where we can feel the power of God's church suit. That'll call men and women to the altar. That'll make them stay on their face all night long and pray to God and seek for deliverance. Amen. What a time. I'll tell you, Mrs. McPherson's gone on, many of the old timers has gone on. But if there was such a thing, if they could look over the banisters of glory today, they'd holler amen to that as certain as I'm standing here. That's right. Back to the old Ewing line again. Back to Pentecost. What we need to do is get rid of a lot of our fancy fang dangles and get back to the Bible and back to the old passions. Holy Ghost and back to the place where men and women look and act and walk like Christians. Amen. 
Yeah, I might think I'm a little excited. I am just a little crazy, but I tell you, I love to be this way. Some time ago, going down the street here in Los Angeles, I seen a man had a sign on the front of him. He said, I'm a fool for Christ. And on his back, he said, whose fool are you? So I'd just rather be a fool for Christ than be a fool for the devil any time. What we need today, ministers, what we need today, brothers and sisters, is this one thing the devil has got into our church and it's got us all formal and different. What we need is a calling back. What we need is an old-fashioned gathering together again. The sounding of the jubilee, the pouring forth of the Holy Ghost, the outcoming of the Spirit. Amen. Children of God, to come back to the prayer meeting. It's true. We have just begun to fashion off just like the world. Do just the same things the world does. How it happened is a lot of Hollywood evangelism and a lot of television staying home at night watching television instead of going to prayer meetings, watching Who Loves Lucy and all that kind of stuff and staying away from the Word of God and away from the church. And I'll tell you, brother, that's the truth of you. God help us today to come back to the old-fashioned Pentecostal experience of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And a lot of that's caused the, the pastor to lay down the bars, too. That's exactly right, Lady. Yes, sir. What we need today is a culling out, calling out, pulling out, jubilee, old-fashioned revival is what we need. That is true. Sinners weeping their way through the Calvary. Here some time ago, a member of a certain big church, certain denomination of Pentecostal, the man wanted to come into the fellowship of the church and didn't want to do it public. And the deacon stuck him into the fellowship behind the curtains. What he ought to be done is kicked out behind the curtains to the altar. And what we need today to call back a real Pentecostal experience. We need it again. We don't need a new Angela Temple. We don't need new churches. We got some of the finest churches that stands on soil today. We don't need a new Angelus Temple. The thing we need is a revival in the Angelus Temple. What we need today is a revival in Pentecost. We don't need a new Pentecostal uh, denomination. No, sir, God forbid, we don't need a new denomination, but we need to revive what we've already denominated. That's exactly what we need. It's a good old-fashioned revival. God knows that that's true. Then you'll see the powers of God move down one more time, and there will be a sound of the mulberry bushes as the Holy Spirit moves before Spirit-filled messages and Spirit-filled people as they go to the world to preach the gospel. We're indeed grateful for what He has done. We're thankful for all these things. But, brother, sister, what I mean today, we need a rededication. We need a re-pouring out. And what a beautiful time it would be this afternoon when thousands of people are gathered here in this beautiful temple. And how that if we would rededicate our lives again and purpose in our hearts that we're going home, wash our face, clean up, and not only our face but our souls, and not in Los Angeles water, but in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ and the power of God and start a new life over again. That's what we need today, washed in the blood of the Lamb. Yes, what a picture. What a time. What a... Well, I don't want to keep you long, but I tell you, friends, what we need today is some good old-fashioned long-staying meetings. Why, back in the early days when I read the books of early Pentecost, they preached all night, prayed all night. What a time that was. And while we've fallen away, God's just as willing to pour out His Holy Spirit on the audience today as He was any other time to the age. God's got every rain barrel full if you've got a heart to receive it. That's right. Amen. We've seen signs and wonders. 
I thank God for all the manifestations of the Holy Spirit. I thank God for every person that speaks with tongues. I thank for God for every person that interprets, every gift of healing, every prophecy, everything that God has done, every pastor, every evangelist, every member of His body. I thank God for it. But what we need today is a rededication, a coming together, a moving back to the old path. And brother, if we don't do it in another 50 years, or he won't stand that long. But if we could stay another 10 years, what will it be? If we don't come together right quick and get back to the old hewing lines again, come back to the old passion of Zeus Street Pentecostal revivals. We've got to have it. You could only think of how glorious the Lord Jesus Christ is to us. What He has done for us. How He's been long-suffering, not willing that any should perish, so that all might come to repentance. Some time ago in a little city where I was in, we were holding a meeting. I had to stay out in the country. And when I was been eating at a nice little place, and I looked at that, the Sunday came and they closed up and went to church. They were dunkered. And that afternoon, or right after lunch, I kind of felt hungry, and I thought I should have a sandwich. I stepped across the street to an ordinary little restaurant. It was a disgrace to walk into the place. There they were standing there, the law playing a slot machine. When gambling's illegal in that state, but the law playing a slot machine. Now you can see how that degrades the laws of our nation. How that was in my eyes to see that. The law that we respect and should be upheld. And to see the law itself turning around playing slot machines. That's the same thing that the unbeliever sees the Christian acting like the world. That's the same impression it puts up on them. I noticed back in the corner a young lady, very foully dressed. And when she came down to wait on the table, the boys, the way they were carrying on, I looked sitting to my right, an elderly lady, could have been my grandmother, sitting there immorally dressed, kind of, kind of a blue-looking lipstick. Now, anybody knows a normal person don't have blue lips, but they had blue-looking lipstick on and that manicure, what's called all over her eyes, and, and she was sitting there with two old men. And I thought, my God, how can you stand to look down upon such? And the Lord called me behind the door, and I saw a vision. I saw the world turning. And I saw that the, my sins and other sins was going. I thought, God, why don't you just blow the place up? How can you stand it? But then I seen around the world was a crimson stream. I seen the Lord Jesus standing there in all of his pity as he looked down upon the earth. I seen my sins as he went to him, but his blood act like a bumper before God. It could not come to him. And I've seen every time I'd do anything wrong, his blood would stand between me and the judgments of God. I walked up to him. I said, Lord, in the vision, I said, is my sins doing that? I said, then forgive me, God. I didn't mean to do it. And he stuck his hand in the side, reached over and got an old book that my name was written on, all full of sin, and wrote pardon across it and showed it back behind him in the sea of forgiveness. He said, now, I forgive you your sins, but what are you saying about that woman? When I come to you out of the vision, I went out and sat down to her. I said, lady, I, was you ever a Christian? She said, why are you asking me that for? I began to speak to her, and she told me a heartbroken story of how some things come up in the church, and she was called, went out of the church. She had taken a wrong road. She had two daughters, and they were nice ladies. And how she was there with those two drunken men that afternoon. I told her what the Lord Jesus had shown me, that he still loved her. I reached across 
the table, caught her by the hands, and I said, Lady, I don't care what you have done, Christ still loves you. Right out from behind that table, she went in the middle of that floor. The cop took off his hat and all the rest of them, and we had an old-fashioned prayer meeting there, and she was liberated and brought back to Christ. It's a jubilee, friend. The jubilee's on. It's time for men and women to come back to Christ. Here not long ago in Switzerland, standing up there in the big high Alp Mountains, I was thinking of Arnold Van Winkler. Many of you know the story. What a gallant hero he was many years ago in Switzerland. And how the, the Swiss nation was being invaded by a mighty army. And the cities was being taken. And the gallant blood of the Swiss people congregated from the mountains into the valley with such little weapons as they could defend themselves with. And when they stood there on the field and they looked approaching him, and when they were approaching this great army, they were outnumbered 50 to 1. And they were, they wasn't soldiers, they wasn't trained, they didn't know what to do. But this army that was invading was well trained. Every man like a brick wall coming right in. And when they were standing there with their spears moving up, one great man stepped out, Arnold Van Winkler, and as he stepped out there in the presence, they were hopeless. Everything they could think of was lost. They were simply had to go down and their homes be lost. Their families to be killed. Their fatherlands to be destroyed. There was nothing they could do. There was hopeless. Then Arnold Van Winkler stepped out and said, Swiss brethren, this day... I'll give my life for Switzerland and the homelands. He said, what will you do? He said, down in the valley yonder is a lovely little home where my wife and little children are waiting for me to come back, but they'll never see me again. For this day I shall give my life for my country. And as he said that, they said, what will you do? And he said, now every one of you that's got weapons, come follow me and do the best you can. Fight with what you've got. Do everything you can with what you have got to do with. And he screamed, threw up his weapon, and said, Make way for liberty. And he started towards that army. And he went right towards the thickest of the spears. And when he got right down to where he was, a hundred gleaming spears to catch him. As he comes, he threw up his hands and said, Make way for liberty. And he grabbed big armfuls of those spears and threw them into his chest. And each one of those Swiss soldiers falling behind him, he broke the ranks of the enemy. And they won a victory like it's never been won before. And today you can mention his name in Switzerland, and their eyes will color with tears, and their cheeks will flush for their hero. That was one of the greatest heroes, to my opinion, that's been in army life. But that's just a minor thing. Just a minor thing. One day, the sons of Adam were standing defeated. Laws, prophets, and everything had failed. Every approach we had made had totally failed. Yonder in glory, there was one stepped out called the Son of God. The angel said, what will you do? He said, I'll go down and give my life. And this day I will redeem the fallen sons of Adam. And he came to Calvary. He went to the thickest of the spears. He went to the valley of the shadow of death and caught every dart of the devil and put it into his own bosom and called for the church to take what you've got and do the best you can. 
Praise God on the day of Pentecost. A rushing mighty wind fell out of the heavens above and armed every man with a weapon. And I say today, my brothers, that every man, whatever you got, let's do the best we can with what we got and fight to the last man because we got the enemy's lines broke. Christ defeated Satan, stripped him of everything he ever had. And he's nothing today but a bluff. When he tells you we can't have another old-fashioned Holy Ghost outpouring of the Spirit, we can have it today because the lines of the enemy is broke and God reels and reigns today. Hallelujah! I'm glad for an old-fashioned Holy Ghost experience of the living God. How this great warrior Christ broke the way and put the enemy to rout. And those brethren on the day of Pentecost, when another 50, there's something about 50 to bring jubilee. And when they broke the enemy's lines there, they cut away as an example that you and I today can have an old-fashioned Pentecostal revival again. Brethren and sisters, the hour is growing late. It's later than you think. As Brother Moore once said, up in Finland, when we were up there right after the war, they were working day and night. Women out in the fields were going along with the hara. They couldn't take time to disc the ground. They just had to pull the hair and scratch it. The winter time was coming on. And they, little children, worked night and day. At night time, they'd pack the lantern in front of their father and mother, pulling the hair off. They just had to scratch the ground the best they could to get the seed in. If they didn't get the seed in, the snows was going to come and winter would catch them and they'd all perish the next year from starvation. They had to get the seed in the ground. My brother, sister, if we don't scratch quickly and get the seed of God into the ground, what's the harvest going to be? We've got to go forth with another old-fashioned pouring out of the Holy Ghost and men and women back to God again. Or this country and this church and Pentecost and all is lost if we don't get back to the seed and the Word of God again in an old-fashioned revival. Do you believe it today? Do you believe that God would pour it out? Oh, my. I feel today led in my soul to make this Proposition with the people. I believe if every one of us in this building today will rededicate our lives to God and will, as Jacob was told by the Lord, to wash up his Jewish people to clean themselves up, to present themselves before the Lord, I believe if we'll clean ourselves up from all of our evil thinking, from all of our selfishness, from all of our backbiting, from all of our acts of this life, and come boldly before the throne of God, I believe an old-fashioned revival will break out right here in Angela's temple that one week will never stop. But that's right. It'll just keep going. Do you believe it? Let us stand to our feet just a moment. You can never make an altar call in a place at this time. There's not enough room for it. But your heart is the altar. Your heart is where God lives. I wonder today if there's people standing here who has never received the Holy Ghost. You've heard all about these great things taking place, but you've never as yet received it. Would you raise your hands to God and say, I want to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Would you raise your hands all around over the balconies everywhere? God bless you. How many here that's never received Christ as personal Savior? Would you raise your hands? Are you concerned enough about your, your eternal destination to raise your hands to God? Would you do it? God bless you. How many here that's already received the Holy Ghost and wants to dedicate your life anew today to Christ? Raise your hand. The Lord God bless you. I believe on after the acceptable year the Lord had been preached, when they gathered together at Pentecost in the temple, they were believers. They were in one place in one accord. 
And how appropriate this meeting is this afternoon when believers from all parts of the country have gathered at the temple again. All in one place in one accord. What a wonderful time it would be for the outpouring of the Holy Ghost to come down in our midst this afternoon. Hearing those messages a while ago given. If God give you the message of speaking with tongues, do it. If God is putting your hands to interpret, do it. If God's putting your hands to testify, do it. If God's putting your hands to preach, preach. What you've got, let's go. Christ broke the line. And let's go get the victory for the Lord Jesus Christ. Let us raise our hands now to God and thank God and praise Him. Our Heavenly Father, we thank Thee today for the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. We are believing, Lord, for a great meeting, for a great meeting among the people. I ask You today to grant these blessings, God, and may this be a great time of fellowship. such a great gathering of God's people, such a unity of spirit, where different denomination barriers are broken down, everybody standing with one heart and one accord, receiving Christ Jesus. What a marvelous time. Oh, let us open up our hearts. Let us raise our voices, our hands, our hearts to Christ, and receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost and an outpouring. If you are determined to receive it, if you really want it, but you've got the hunger and thirst for it before you can ever get it. For the Bible said, Blessed are they that do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. And friends, you have been listening to the services coming to you from the main auditorium of Angelus Temple. This has been the first of the series of meetings of the anniversary of Pentecost at Azusa Street. Your station has been KFSG in Los Angeles, owned and operated by the Echo Park Evangelistic Association, Dr. Ross K. McPherson, President. And we invite you now to stay tuned for the programming of KRKD, with whom we share time, and KFSG will return to the air this evening at 7 o'clock. Until that time, we bid you a good afternoon and a God bless you. And dry nation, Heavenly Father, as we leave the air, we pray that the Holy Ghost will catch far out here in this city and around over the country and bring us back another old-fashioned revival that the power of God will fall into the meat, heal all the sick and afflicted everywhere, Lord, and get glory out of the service.